All right. You are listening to Aim for the Bushes, but you probably already knew that because it would be weird if you just walked by and this was playing without any kind of identification tags. But anyways, I am your podcast person, Pavlo, also known as JPav, also known as Pavi, also known as Pav. And I am here with my recording partner, Maggie, the Mags. She doesn't know that I call her that, but this is the first time <laughs> I've ever said that to her. So she's freaking out, but that's okay. We've got another episode here for you today. And so today we're talking about ethics in photography slash ethics in photojournalism. So recently, I think this came out last week. So this is uh, in March we're recording this. And last week, uh, for those who don't know, on YouTube, the site called YouTube, I don't know if you're aware of it, but it's a collection of videos that people upload to the internet, basically. And then other people can watch those videos. And so on YouTube, there is a whole subdivision or subgenre or genre, whatever, of uh, photography channels. And so someone uh, who is a photographer... Um, you can check out my work if you want. Uh, Ptel on Instagram. Sorry for the shameless plug, but anyways, as someone who is a photographer, I watch these. Um, I watch these channels uh, from time to time because sometimes they offer, uh, you know, kind of like tips or uh, just different ways of thinking on how to take uh, photos. Sometimes like techniques. Sometimes they talk about gear. I mean, we'll get into, there'll be an episode in the future about reviews and stuff because it's kind of dicey, especially on YouTube and Instagram when people do like reviews and like they're sponsored and stuff like that or they have like affiliate links. Hard to take uh, someone's word necessarily because when you, when you look at how people review things, pretty much no one's ever said any, anything bad about a product. Now, I'm not saying you need to like trash a product. Uh, you know, that's not necessary. If you're going to trash it, like, don't bother reviewing it because there's no point. But basically, they'll, there's basically no shortcomings in a device ever that you really hear about on YouTube, uh, you know, when they're, when they're being paid to, to promote stuff. But anyways, that's not, that's not the point of uh, this episode. But on YouTube, there are photography channels. And one of them uh, is a channel called uh, Tony and Chelsea Northrup. I don't know if anyone who listens to this is familiar with them, but pretty much they're uh, they're one of the bigger channels on YouTube on photography. I think they have just recently they just uh, surpassed a million subscribers. So you know they get views. They they got a lot of people watching, and sometimes it's informative, or sometimes I find the the things they talk about interesting. Uh, so what had happened uh, recently is that. Uh, they published a video about the Afghan girl, which is, if you're not familiar by the title of, of that photo, it's a very famous, you've probably seen it if you Google Afghan girl. Uh, it's a very famous photo from 1985 uh, from the cover of a National Geographic. I don't know the month of the National Geographic off the top of my head, but it came out in 1985. Really iconic photo. It's this young girl with these amazing green eyes looking straight at the camera. It's just very striking. It's a very powerful photo. And so what, and the video is only Tony, so it's not Chelsea, just only Tony. Anyway, so he's talking about the history 
And kind of like the circumstances around which uh, that photo was taken, he says in the video that he wanted to um, basically talk about how it inspired him. I think as a young as a young boy, uh, inspired him to to take an interest in photography. And so when he said when he was looking into the background of the photo, he found out that there were some questionable things that occurred, at least in his opinion, questionable things that occurred in terms of how that photo was obtained. So uh, I had seen, before we get into more around the background of, of that, uh, that photo of the Afghan girl whose name is uh, Sharbat Gula, just because she's always called, and that's part of the things that the, the video talks about is that, you know, she's kind of known as um, Afghan girl and not like her name. Like, I didn't even know her name until like more recently until I saw this. Um, but yeah, uh, so I had come across a few videos from other uh, YouTube channels that were m basically made in response uh, to Tony's video. Uh, basically saying that it was like a, I guess you can describe it as like a hit piece or, you know, are basically attacking the photographer, uh, Steve McCurry, who uh, took that photo. So uh, you have these other channels that are coming out saying like, you know, uh, bas basically their argument centers around someone who's on YouTube who's not like a real, you have to imagine the, the air quotes on that, who's not a real photographer or, or someone that doesn't do real photography work, uh, as Steve McCurry, who is a, uh, I guess, a well-renowned photojournalist, especially after that photo. You know, so you have someone basically sitting at home complaining about uh, you know someone who's out there getting their hands dirty doing real photography work, right? I mean, to me that idea is ridiculous. No such thing as real photographer. I mean, you take the photo or you don't take the photo, right? You're good or you're not good, whatever. Any type of photography that you do is real photography. But I understand their point that they're saying. They're saying that, oh, here is someone who doesn't engage in the same type of photography, and so who are they to criticize? So seeing those responses from um, those other YouTube channels, like I said, that's basically what their argument goes boils down to, right? So they're complaining about someone on YouTube, uh, you know, who doesn't work in photojournalism, complaining about, how, you know, qu are questioning the ethics surrounding this photo, like I said, called the Afghan girl, of how that was taken, someone who has like sponsored videos. That one was sponsored too, but they said that they donated all the money that they made off that video to, um, I forget the name of the charity, but if you watch the video, they, they mention it, uh, basically to a charity that is made to support um, people or young girls in Afghanistan in terms of like sending them to school and other things like that. So basically, they didn't make money off that video, but I think they mean like just the sponsorships like in general, you know. So someone who's like not in the same type of game doing this, you know, who are, who are you to call out this person basically? Who's real, like we said, real photojournalist. Um, so my, my view is that like uh, he has every right to question uh, the circumstances around which that photo was taken, even if he's not a photographer. He can be someone who does not do photography at all. I think it is 100% legit to question how this photo came about. 
you know. And watching the video, the, the Tony's uh, video about it, I mean, some of it I think is speculation. It's hard to tell, like, intents of people. I mean, uh, Sharbagula has given interviews where she vocalizes, uh, you know, her opinions towards the photo. Uh, I think I'm not, not going to get into, like, specific time stamps of when he says certain statements, but some of it, the only thing I would say is I think some of it is speculation on his part, which is fine, because, like, uh, you know, at the end of the day, like, none of us was there when the photo was being taken. But that doesn't mean you can't question the circumstances around which the photo was taken. Now, for those of you who have not seen the video, uh, when you're listening to this, basically, uh, he kind of details how, as a young girl... Uh, Sharbat uh, uh, Gula uh, was uncomfortable uh, with the idea of uh, this man that she does not know taking her photograph. Um, I mean, she didn't know the application, how it would be used after, but just the idea. She was not, she was not okay with um, her, her photo being taken. Uh, this also leads to another point that uh, some of the other uh, channels were, were were saying was that like even if let's say this photo was taken in an unethical manner, it did a lot to raise awareness around what was going on um, at the time. Um, so basically, a little background for that photo: uh, at the time in 1985, uh, the USSR, now known as uh, Russia had invaded Afghanistan. I don't know, I don't remember off the top of my head why they had invaded Afghanistan, but they did. <laughs> they invaded Afghanistan. That's, that's, that's what's important here. They invaded Afghanistan. It's not, we're not detailing the history of the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan. But anyways, they went into Afghanistan. Uh, anytime you have uh, war affecting a country, you're going to get a lot of refugees. So what had happened was a lot of Afghan uh, refugees fled into uh, Pakistan and I'm sure a number of other nations but Sharbat Gula uh, and her family along with uh, probably thousands I'm not sure of others fled into fled into Pakistan and so there was a real refugee crisis in Pakistan uh, at the time uh, apparently she'd been living in Pakistan for a couple of years in like a refugee camp now if you've seen anything about refugee camps these are not good places like you can look up now like modern day refugee camps that still exist because they kind of like exist in this limbo where everyone's just kind of stuck in tents uh indefinitely as countries try to figure out what to do with this the, these groups of people uh, that come in so the photo itself had brought a lot of attention to this issue of these Afghan refugees in Pakistan and uh, just kind of like in general, uh, you know. So people defend the photo, or at least Tony's criticisms of the photo by saying, oh yeah, it did a lot to raise awareness, which is true, it did. And this is something that Sharbat Gula has said in uh, interviews later as an adult. But that doesn't justify the questionable nature around which this photo was taken. Because uh, basically what we have here is we have this young girl. So as a kid, uh, you know, she's uh, apparently 10 years old. This photo was taken. She was in school. Uh, they had a school set up in the, in the refugee camp. And she was basically pulled by this photographer, Steve McCurry, 
to take her to take her photo because she had these uh, striking green eyes. But it was something she was not comfortable with. Uh, this is what she said in an interview. She said at the time uh, when this was happening, she was angry and scared <laughs> at being presented in this situation. So, uh, you know, she she didn't want to. Apparently, her face was covered. Because that's uh, once you reach, reach a certain age, and for her religion, like you cover your face, you don't interact with uh, men who aren't related to you. Uh, you certainly don't. Uh, you are, are not supposed to be, you know, alone in a room with them. That's 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 the culture. That's how she grew up. That's what she knew, right? So you have someone who comes in who kind of. Now I'm not trying to say like he had ill will. He was just like. Oh, I don't give a fuck. I'm just gonna come in and do whatever. I like that's probably not how it went down, but maybe he was not as aware to that situation. But looking back on it, thirty years later, or about, you know, doesn't change whether or not that was right or wrong. Like, you, like you can't come back and say, well, you know, at the time, whatever. It's like, well, no, you can look at it later and be like, okay, maybe that wasn't the best way to go about it, even though he did want to take a picture of this girl with these striking green eyes. So to call that into question, I have no problem with that. In the video that Tony does, he doesn't talk about, he doesn't, he doesn't um, basically say anything negative about Mercury as a person or as a photographer. The criticisms that he gives is not saying, oh, Steve Mercury was a terrible person because he took this photograph. That's how other people are reacting to it. But that's not that's not what he's saying when you actually watch the video. He's just saying, like, maybe this wasn't the best way to go about taking a photo, or maybe this wasn't the best person to take a photo of, given the circumstances, given that she's a young girl, and uh, given that she, she uh, her, at least according to her, she wasn't comfortable. Uh, I've read certain things from her on her own, uh, when she was interviewed as an uh, as an adult, because what had happened was after the photo came out, like she basically disappeared. Once once he got his the couple of shots that he took of her, like she left. She she disappeared. Like she says she ran away uh, because she was scared. Uh, apparently, Steve McCurry has said that she just left to go play. But whatever whatever the circumstances was that caused her to leave, you know, because this is 1985 or 1984 when the picture was taken. And I think that came out in 1985 as the cover of National Geographic. At this time, there's no way to find this random refugee girl in Afghanistan by some American photographer who leaves Afghanistan, you know, on like there's no way. Like there's not like today where you have like Twitter, Facebook, you can easily track people on the internet. That just didn't exist. So she disappears pretty much until they're able to track her down in two thousand and two. And then later on when she 'cause she still lives lived in uh Pakistan until she was uh, deported because she was never a citizen of, of Pakistan, so she got sent back to Afghanistan. But until she resurfaces in the in the 2000s, like you don't know anything about her. I don't I don't even know if we knew her name before before she resurfaces uh, again after after she's located. So once she resurfaces, she gives interviews. She she talks about how she felt, and she says, uh, as a girl. Same thing that you see in Tony's video. She says as a girl that, you know, she was not happy with the situation. She says she was angry. You know, she was angry that this man had come in and basically made these demands of her to to take a photo of her, which she's not, she says as a kid, she was not okay with. Now, her opinion of the photo has changed over time. I She had said that from things I read of her, she said that 
when she was young, she was uh, like she she was angry at the situation. Uh, but then as she got older, she realized the positive um, uh, that came from the photo in terms of raising awareness for, for refugees. You know, she's come to like the photo. At least that's my understanding. Or at least she's okay with it. I don't know if she like, likes it 100%, but she's okay with it because of the the awareness it brought and how it's helped her. Because when she came back to Afghanistan, uh, she was given a house by the Afghan government, and um, I think she gets like an income. They said that they support her children because she's had a hard life. She's always definitely had a hard life. Like I think she's been married twice, and both her husbands have had been killed. You know, so now she's okay because of the photo. So I think she's like it's hard to say ultimately which side she falls on, but. From what I understand, her opinion of the photo has changed. But still, going back to the original um, video here that w that was released um, by by Tony, I think it's a hundred percent legit to question the circumstances under which that photo was taken. So I don't think you can, uh, you know, hand wave that away by just saying, "Oh, someone's a a real." photojournalist they're a real photographer i'm like how people get their images is important you know you can't just say oh i'm just a photographer so i can just take anyone's photo no matter what i mean he he, he, he tony brings up some some points in the video about um and at least in terms of like legal protections for photojournalists in terms of like able to t how they're able to take photos and like I guess in, in an urgent manner. So like if it's some kind of natural disaster or if it's like war or some kind of like event where there's uh, something urgent going on, there's like a need and necessity to take the photo in the moment in terms of like, because normally you'd have to clear a bunch of like legal hurdles in terms of like releases. Because like uh, when you get into like photography or video making, <laughs> you realize there's a whole lot of legal complications that arise in terms of like getting permits, uh, you know, getting releases signed, you know, it's, it becomes this whole thing. So when you're doing it in a journalistic sense, that kind of gets all like wiped out because it's like, oh, it's newsworthy. So the point that Tony makes is that in terms of him at this refugee camp, Steve McCurry, that this kind of thing did not exist. Like there was no urgency. There was a camp that had been there for at least like a couple of years. He was there, yes, to, 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 to document or at least to like photograph images for this National Geographic story, but according, at least according to Tony, that there was no sense of urgency in it. It wasn't something that was gonna like end soon, or there wasn't like, like again, it wasn't like a crisis, like it was a crisis, but it was like a long-term crisis. It wasn't like something in the moment where it's like, this has to be captured now because this moment will pass forever. Yeah, she, she was posed. Like there's another photo of her it's not the cover photo, but there's another photo of her where she's like, has like part of her, f her hands are covering like the, like the lower half of her face. And so basically you just kind of see her eyes. So she was posed. I mean, there's nothing wrong with posing people. That That's fine. Not everything has to be like candid shots or whatever. That's not the issue. The, the issue isn't whether or not she was posed. Because I've seen some people also go into that point, go into like these details that don't matter or whether or not she was posed. I mean, that's fine. You can be posed. I mean, even if you think of like a lot of wartime photos, a lot of the time they were posed too because 
if an actual battle is going on, you're probably not taking photos, especially for things like during World War Two, World War One. Uh, now with like phones everywhere, with cameras everywhere, it's a lot more possible. But back then, uh, when cameras were fairly large things, and not instantly like you know you weren't able to share your images on the internet like rather instantaneously. Um, you know they during a battle you don't you don't have time like you would have like people come by afterwards. There's actually really interesting history around that too. If you want to delve into the history of wartime photography, because a lot of it is posed, a lot of it is recreations, or that's it, recreations. Even even video footage, they would get like like old newsreels that they would show like in movie theaters about like World War Two and stuff like that. Th those were mostly reenacted. Like there would be a battle, like the the grounds that they were at, like a battle actually took place. But once fighting stopped, they would get people to basically recreate stuff. So, I mean, that's fine. Like, okay, whatever. Those things are posed. But the point that Tony makes in this is that, um, you know, he, he compares it to, like, basically modeling because he says she's posed, like, as a model. I don't know if I'd go that far, but I think it's, like, a fair, it's a fair point to bring up, you know. Because he questions, the main thing that he questions is, like, the photojournalistic integrity of the photo. Because by saying it's it's basically unpaid modeling, like he's saying his main argument that it wasn't it's not a piece of photojournalism. It's a, it's a piece of modeling because he, as he points out, he says that in the National Geographic article didn't really cover Sharbat Gula's story. It was about Afghan refugees in general, but it wasn't like her story specifically. They kind of just used her image because she had this these striking green eyes. And then when you see the photo, if you haven't seen it, it is a very striking photo. You know, like it definitely pulls your attention, for sure. But does that make it right just because it pulls your attention, right? Like the way you got that photo, you know, this wasn't some girl who was like, yeah, hey, come take my photo. This wasn't like a call for models, right? Like, So looking at that, examining that, that was definitely legit. And and people will try to shut down your your questioning by saying, you know, the rebuttals of like, oh, this is a real photographer and you're not one, right? So like, what does it have to do with anything? I'm like, I don't know. It has to do with a lot of things, right? Because it's saying like, are you free to express your opinion? Obviously you are, but like, you're going to have people that are going to come after you. So, I mean, the video was taken down briefly. It was a follow-up video. And uh, basically in it, Tony explains that um, there were some factual errors that were present in the first one. Uh, so they took it down and then re-uploaded it. So it should have those corrections. Uh, but yeah, no, it's definitely legit, though. I would say definitely legit to, to question the circumstances around that photo or any photo, really. Especially if it's presented as a piece of photojournalism. I think you can go and look. It's a little dramatic saying, like, the dark side of this image. Maybe. I don't know. I wouldn't say it's necessarily a dark side. It's a I mean, I would say that it's crafted like that to get you, like, to get views, essentially. But, you know, again, it's still the idea of, like, it's okay to question those things, for sure. And even if it does have maybe a positive result, you still can look at the circumstances around it and criticize it.
for for doing it the way it was done. So for Steve McCurry, like I really don't know any any of his other works. I just know that one photo of his. Uh, from my understanding, he's like, you know, pretty well known photographer. But even then, that doesn't mean he's infallible. Or that we can't question how he got that one photo, right? That's important because you know how we treat other people, the stories that we tell of other people, especially of other cultures, you know, like that has an impact now of like how other people may think of like people from Afghanistan or whatever. Using this photo as an example, right? That can that can shape people's minds. That can shape people's thoughts. So it's definitely important to think about how we get our images. All right, so I think we'll leave it there. That's pretty good. You've heard enough of my my ramblings. So that that's been this episode here again about the Afghan girl and the 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 video by by Tony uh, and Chelsea Northrop on their YouTube channel and kind of like the criticism that they had faced around uh, around that video from other YouTube channels, other YouTube photography people. Uh, yeah, so you know. Go give that video a watch. Watch other responses. I don't know where you you fall on this, but that's why you're listening to me and not the other way around. <laughs> nah, I'm just messing with y'all. But yeah, we'll have another episode for you soon, so check back with us. I've been your podcast person, Pavlo, also known as JPav, also known as Pavi, also known as Pav. And I've been here with Mags, also known as Maggie my recording partner. And so we'll catch you in the next one.